SEJ Summit 2016 is coming to Santa Monica, Chicago, and New York City. With a focus on actionable marketing for SEOs by SEOs, SEJ Summit is a can't-miss event. Get $50 off your ticket now by using the code SEJNERD. Learn more at searchenginejournal.com slash SEJSummit2016. We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and all we can think about is where... Where can I hook up my mom? Digital pen part of work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. So should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, where are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Marketing Nerds. My name is Danielle Antos. I'm a feature editor here at Search Engine Journal. I'm joined today by Joe Paluzzi with Content Marketing Institute. Hi, Joe. How are you? Good, Danielle. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Did I get your name right? I meant to ask about that before. You got, yeah, you got Polizzi. That was, that was exceptional. Most people don't even come close to <laughs> So well done. Well, thank you. My last name's a bit difficult to pronounce. I know how that goes. So you guys recently released a benchmark report for B2B technology at Content Marketing Institute. Correct. We did. And one of the things I saw was that the top challenge for to- technology content marketers right now is creating that engaging content. I think that's an area where a lot of content marketers struggle. So like the whole point is to create content that people actually want to interact with, right? But that industry is not sexy. <laughs> it's hard for people who are in that industry. You know, I hear it all the time. People go, what are we supposed to write about? Even in social media for those kind of industries, it's really kind of hard. So what do you think is a good way for people who are in those industries to create that content marketing that people really want to interact with? Well, I mean, we so we've been doing this, I think, let's see, six years now. So we're going on our seventh year of this research. And every year, the top one or two challenges is creating engaging content. So this is not a new thing. It's always been a struggle because you're using a different muscle. This is, I mean, we're, we're used to talking about ourselves. We're used to talking about our products and services, especially in the B2B side. Let's get this content over to sales. Let's close. Right. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about how do we focus on our pain points of our audience and deliver value. And hopefully they'll know, like, and trust us throughout their buyer's journey and then choose us. The biggest challenge that we see with that is still the majority of the content that's created by B2B organizations, specifically to this study, B2B tech companies, is it's still focused heavily around the product and service. There's still a big bait. And so if you look at content coming from B2B tech companies, still, even the stuff that's that you would say, oh, this is really good material, it's still a big bait and switch going on. Where they're mm-hmm. like, okay, here's our white paper, but no, really, we want you to buy this. Yeah, definitely. It's not a lot of pure audience, really, truly audience-focused content going on out there. So the challenge that I would give to a lot of the B2B companies listening to this is – Let's really focus on who that target audience is. And it's not just, you know, I know there's seven to nine buyers, decision makers, influencers in this process. You have to choose. You have to choose one of these to go after and really target with your message and with the relationship you want to build. If you're targeting more than one, you're probably not going to be successful. So that's one of the big issues that is, that's going on. And the second one is the one we just talked about. There's just not that focus on the audience's pain points. We're still focusing on how many widgets we want to sell and you know what are we going to drive and what's the objective. And I get that. That's really, really important. But you can't mm-hmm. let that influence the type of content you're going to create. Yes, I know exactly the type of content you're talking about. It's where you read it and it's, you know, how to do X. And to do X, I need to buy your product. Well, that's not very helpful. It's hard. I get it. I mean, we're, we're used to selling. I mean, that's what yeah. we've done for the last 50 to 70 years. We're like, okay, well, let's, let's make our product really sexy. Let's show all the features and benefits. 
But the fact is, is that our audience can choose to ignore that today uh, because they can, because they have all the information at their disposal. So we can make a decision whether or not we really want to focus on the needs of that audience or put our needs ahead of the audience's needs. And that's where we come up with content that's just not very good and that's not going to engage with our audience in any way. Well, it just seems like the whole point is just to be helpful. And I hear that over and over. And it's really frustrating that people just they don't seem like they're listening sometimes. Uh, I mean, look at the pressure that some of these marketers are under. I mean, we work with some of the largest companies on the planet and <coughs> you go in and they're like, especially in B2B, right? It's right. all about leads and demand generation. Yeah. We need more in the pipeline. We need more leads. And if you really want content marketing to be successful as an approach, you have to be patient. It takes a while to build a relationship. It takes an, a while to, to have an audience start to know, like, and trust you for more than the products that you have. And you're trying to build something some kind of value outside of the products and services that you offer. That is extremely difficult to do. It's really easy for media companies to do because right. the essence of what they do. But if you move that over to B2B companies, they're like, oh, no, 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 uh, that's fine. Like, I know you really want to focus on your audience's pain points, but hey, we, we've got these numbers to hit. So, yeah. so I want leads. Let's get some white papers go. Let's get some ebooks, a paper click, whatever. And you sort of forget the long term mission. And, and, that, and unfortunately, that's what's happened. And, and that's why maybe it's actually easier for smaller B2B companies to do this because they're not under the pressure of being public companies. Right. They have quarterly reports and they, have, they actually have an opportunity to be patient because if the, the chief executive officer or the senior executive believes in this kind of approach, you're just more apt to be patient with it. And you know, hey, it takes sometimes – nine, 12, 15 months to really build a relationship. Let's work it through the buyer's process journey. And then we'll, we'll really see us hit our goals in the long run if we focus that way and focus more patiently. So another thing I know a lot of businesses and marketers are struggling with is the ROI. So most marketers are used to dealing with numbers. You know, they want to see that return on investment. They're like, okay, we spent X amount. How many leads did we get? That, that's how they're used to doing marketing. Um, or we spent $10,000 on PPC, whatever your budget is. And that doesn't really, that kind of ROI doesn't really work for content marketing. So my question is, do you think that we should be tracking ROI for content? We have to, right? And if so, what should we be looking at to track that ROI? Well, you, ha you absolutely should be measuring this in some way, because if you're not, I can't see you getting more budget. I agree. I've just heard some talk that we shouldn't be tracking it or we can't track it. So I figured I'd throw that out there. Yeah, you better. This is marketing. <laughs> your, your whole goal, I mean, the reason why you're doing content marketing, taking any kind of a content marketing approach is you're ultimately trying to drive sales, save costs in comparison to something else that you're doing, or drive more loyalty and retention, which really comes back to revenues anyways. If you're not doing one of those three, you're not doing content marketing. You're just creating content, and that's fine. Anybody can create content, but it's got to ultimately have a bottom line, right. top line goal, something like that. So now there's many different ways that you can measure. You can do it on a very small scale. So let's just say that you're still focused on lead generation. Okay. Maybe at the end of the day, if you follow this through a little bit of the buyer's journey, maybe what you find is that those people that have been touching your content, that they end up staying longer as customers. I mean, obviously, you have to measure that going through. Maybe they buy more when they do buy. You know, those types of things that we can absolutely measure. But the my favorite measurement, if there's like a holy grail measurement, <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the whole idea of this building a subscriber and what okay. a subscriber does. So let's just say that we're looking at the core metric is the email subscriber. 
So let's just say I, I do all the things that I need to do. I get somebody to my site, however I, I do that, and they end up signing to, let's say, my weekly email newsletter update. Mm-hmm. Once I get that person to opt into my content, then I can follow that all the way through, all the way through the buyer's journey. And I can look at the end of the day, and it's actually, you don't need a lot of technology to do this. You could take your email subscription database, and you can actually put that right up against your CRM database. Mm-hmm. And you can look in, let's say, at nine months or 12-month mark, you can look and say, what's the difference? What do they do differently? Do subscribers behave differently in some way? And that's the wonderful thing when you look at some of the great examples out there, whether you look at you know, CopyBlogger or John Deere or HubSpot or whatever the case is. Really look. You'll see that people that subscribe to my content and actually engage in it on a regular basis show positive outcomes to the business. They do buy more. They do stay longer. They do talk more favorably about our business. They market, uh, they market for us, in effect. So that's the, I mean, obviously that's the way we grew our business at Content right. Institute. It's the same thing. So the, the challenge with that is it does take time. It generally takes about 15 to 18 months until you can go through an entire buyer cycle, get enough data so that you can say, oh, subscribers, yes, we've got enough subscribers, minimum viable audience here that we can start looking at this against our customer database. So that's the challenge of it, but it works, to, <laughs> it works in almost all cases. It's just that most people can't get to the consistency part of delivering this over time. They can't think outside the campaign, and they never get to the point where they can actually do the comparison. It's interesting. You keep saying 15 to 18 months, and that's an extremely long time for marketers to wait. I think most people are seeing a turnaround in a quarter, maybe even a year. That's really interesting. Yeah, I would, I would say if your, if your timetable is six months or less, go do something else. Go 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 buy advertising, go do direct mail, go buy social ads, go do pay-per-click, go do whatever and interrupt people however you have been interrupting them <laughs> since the dawn of time and you'll be much more effective. If you want – it takes time to build a relationship with an audience. That's what we're trying to do here and you can't fake it. You actually have to show – if you want to show that you're trustworthy, that you're credible, that you you have become the leading expert over a particular content niche, you cannot fake that. It takes time. And that's what you – know, I come from the publishing background, and we used to do three-year plans. Well, why did we do three-year plans? Yes, we wanted to look out three years from revenue and profit and see if this would be an entity that could actually work for the business. But really, we knew it takes time to build a relationship so you can actually build a loyal audience. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. So yes, that's why – you know, you want to keep doing all the things you're doing. It's not content marketing is not a replacement, but you want to start working this up so that you can actually build an audience at the end of the day. And then you have an asset. And then someday maybe you could choose. Maybe you could say, well, we don't have to advertise as much. as We, <laughs> we don't have to do as much PR because we're communicating directly with our audience. Okay, awesome. We need to take a quick break and we'll come back and ask you a few more questions, Joe. Sounds good. All right. SEJ Summit 2016 is coming to Santa Monica, Chicago, and New York City. With a focus on actionable marketing for SEOs by SEOs, SEJ Summit is a can't-miss event. Get $50 off your ticket now by using the code SEJNerd. Learn more at searchengineJournal.com slash SEJSummit2016. All right, and we're back. Once again, I'm Danielle Antos with Search Engine Journal, and we're here today with Joe Paluzzi of Content Marketing Institute. Uh, we're talking about your B2B content marketing technology benchmark report that you guys just released. So we already talked about how to engage with your customers through content marketing, which I think is a real struggle for the technology sector in particular. 
Uh, we also talked about how long <clears throat> it would take to build content. So you're saying 12, 12 to 18 months or 15 to 18. 15 to 18, yeah. Right, which is a long time. So another one of the struggles your report showed is that content marketing has matured over the last few years. So we're no longer just churning out tons and tons of articles every day. In fact, most content marketers are focused on creating that really useful resources. So seeing that people are actually listening to you and creating that engaging content and not just trying to sell things. So where do we go from here now that we've kind of created content that isn't just the quality over quantity? Where, where do we go from here? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, if you look back, let's say in 2013, 2014, when everybody was jumping on the content marketing mm -hmm. again, it was all, it was more is better. Everyone was like, more, more, more. We're going to shove more into every channel we possibly can. And of course, now we learn that that doesn't work very well. Shocker. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> Of the, in any of the channels, so now we're, we're you know we're getting hit with a dose of reality, which is fantastic. So you know I like that whole aspect of it. Um, now you're going to really get into the haves and have-nots. I think is what you're going to see. The ones that really stick with it, the ones that focus on okay, here's the audience that we're really trying to communicate with, and here's a content niche that we can actually be the leading expert in the world, and this is how we're going to deliver it, whether that's daily or whether it's weekly or monthly, and they're picking a channel. Uh, they're they're saying okay, we're going to do this in our email newsletter. We're going to do this on our blog. We're going to do this on our um, iTunes through iTunes or YouTube. Mm -hmm. The ones that choose, by the way, that's how every media company since the dawn of time has been successful. They focus for the most part on one content type, one content platform, consistently delivered over time. That is a very simple formula that most B two B technology companies don't use but is absolutely the best way to start. And we've learned that this is the way to go. And you're going to have some people that do that, that, that are patient with it, that come out on successful. And you're going to have others that are inconsistent, that they're trying to target too many audiences. They just um, don't fig find a content niche that they can actually cut through the clutter with and actually become a leading expert. And they're going to give up and they're going to keeps either restarting over again or they're going to go back to doing more traditional things because somebody on the executive team says, oh, it just doesn't work. <laughs> so we've got to try. Oh, content marketing doesn't work for us. So you're going to have those that really believe it, really do well, and the other ones that are sort of, uh, you know, spit and start every time. And, and I think that's what you're going to see for the next two years. And I like the fact that you're starting, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of it happen yet, but I'm talking to a lot of marketers now that are saying, well, maybe we don't have to put out three articles a day. Maybe if we put one amazing article out every week targeted to a very specific audience, and then maybe they're saying, well, you know, now that we're looking at our blog, we do realize that we're targeting nine personas with our blog, and we know that that's not going to work. So we have to start looking at, you know, what, how are we going to communicate on a regular basis with each persona? And sometimes it's through a blog and sometimes it's through a podcast or, or whatever the case is. Right. I like the less is more. I haven't really seen it, Danielle, yet that, that a lot of marketers are taking that up. But mm -hmm. I think we're starting to learn that activity doesn't mean performance. So we really have to start choosing our spots where we can actually have an impact on people's lives. So you mean to tell me if I keep writing over and over and over again, I'm not just going to eventually sell my stuff. I'm pretty sure how that, that's how it works, Joe. If they, if they <laughs> over and over again that you will sell stuff? I'm joking. Because I think you're right that a lot of people do think that if they just keep producing that quality over quantity thing, 
I don't I don't understand why we're still fighting with this so many years later. Because I mean we it's it's amazing this whole technology thing that now everyone can publish and then we can actually reach our audience just directly. I mean this is a this is a relatively new thing. I mean 20 years ago when I started in publishing, I mean it was very expensive to create a content management system. Mm-hmm. And it was very expensive and it cost us, you know, whether it was 5 or 6 dollars to actually acquire an audience member for a particular B2B audience. And this now you know, if we're really good at this, we can acquire, you know, a hundred or a thousand audience members a day, depending on how we're doing this and if we're doing right. it right. And so we, you know, we get addicted to that. We're like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. Let's <laughs> just put more. Let's just put it in a higher gear. And uh, we realize that that's just not the, the way to do it. And uh, we have to, it, it's, it's just a matter of moving from marketing to basic publishing. And most marketers just have never done basic publishing. So a publisher that goes into marketing clearly understands this, clearly knows that, oh, we need to put an editorial calendar together. We need to focus on, okay, who's our audience? Where can we really be the leading expert? Like we always used to say, if we're going to do this, we need to be the number one book in the market. That means mm-hmm. we need to be the number one magazine or media property in the market. I don't think a lot of B2B technology companies are doing this. I don't think they say, look, if we're going to do this, we need to be the absolute best. I and I think if you don't have that attitude, you're just destined for failure. I agree. Well, I think that's about all the time we've got for today, Joe. I really appreciate you joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. I mean, anytime you want to talk about this stuff, you know I'm available. So. <laughs> you're a little passionate about it. <laughs> Somebody has to be. I have been in this industry way too long. Even though it's a new industry, I've been in this industry way too long. So, But it's, it's nice to see uh, more technology companies focus on this. I just want them to, to focus on it the right way. Awesome. Thanks so much. And thank you all for listening. Uh, if you've enjoyed Marketing Nerds today, I really appreciate it if you take the time to write us a review on iTunes. And uh, we'll be back next week. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.